So DLF has asked the DLF podcast to do a live read. I don't I don't do this. <laughs> I don't sell advertising space. I don't try and sell anything. But DLF is my home. It is my family. So I'm going to do them a solid here. Instead of putting the uh, other podcasts from DLF ad up at the top of uh, Dynasty Crossroads, uh, I'm just going to do this here live read. Um, again, not getting paid to do it. I just think DLF's awesome. they got an awesome thing going on. And they asked, and I agree with it, so why not? Uh, let me see here. i got to pull it up. You can tell I'm real professional about this. All right, uh, so DLF would like you to know that if you are... God, can't do this properly, can I? Tired of the same old Dynasty format? Think you have what it takes to be a real champion? DLF has partnered with Safe Leagues and Commish extraordinaire Scott Fish... Hey, Scott. ...to create a brand new DLF Champions Cup series. That's DLF Champions Cup series, just in case I stumbled that. In the DLF Champions Cup Series, you're matched up in a Superflex tight end premium with points and payouts awarded each year. Nice. The bonus is that every third year, you, your cumulative points go up against a larger field to see who wins the Champions Cup. That's a neat idea. Claim a team today and begin your journey to hoist the Champions Cup and claim $1,000. Wow, cool. Uh, that's the grand prize. Come prove it, I guess, is what they're saying. It seems like a pretty cool competition. Uh, DLF's running it along with Scott Fish. Actually seems like a lot of fun. So if you're interested in that, please hit up DLF Scott Fish or the DLF Champions Cup Series. Uh, you can find it on DynastyLeagueFootball.com backslash safe leagues. Thanks very much. Let's, let's do a podcast now or something, right? Welcome back to the Dynasty Crossroads. My name's Peter Howard at PA Howdy on Twitter. It's post-draft. <laughs> so, I took a week just to kind of let everything settle, but also I hate putting out ranks, uh, just in general. I hate ranks, um, even tears. But I, I kind of like to let things settle. Also, I don't like the idea of me making ranks and you thinking, oh, I, I've got to draft that guy, mainly because, you know, back to basics. It's it's basic time. Um, I'm not one of those guys. Like, I'm not going to tell you my ranks are the way players should be ranked. <laughs> I can tell you how I rank them and what I want to do with them. And, I, like, I try and share as much of that as possible. But when I say it's your team, I mean, do what you want. It's not... Uh, I guess it's the same as everyone else means it. I don't know how everyone else means it, but I mean, like, I don't pretend to have definitive ranks. I'm not, like... Con over and over again, what I've told you is I am basic. I am a basic bitch, guys. <laughs> like, I'm just another fantasy player, and I, got, I really like research, I really like data, and I wanted to collect it all, because I wanted to track some things, and more importantly, I didn't know how useful anything was, or what was useful. And I don't mind being wrong, but I'd like to know why, and I don't mind making mistakes, or not getting it right, but I'd like to be able to, you know, understand what went wrong, maybe do it better in the future. 
um, and not make stupid decisions, right? Like, um, there are some things we can know, even as basic, just players having fun. And, like, I'd, I'd look back at the first year I'd played, and I was like, there are some things, like, I just didn't know. Um, and it's publicly available, and I'm dealing with public data. Now, from every, all my research, I think we can get about 90 95% of what the big boys with their paywalls and their secret numbers and their good eyes and their, you know, good talent for putting the story can get pre- and post-draft. I think we can get most of it. It's not that that 5% is important. It's just, I'm, I'm just one of you guys, guys. Okay? I mean, I'm just playing fantasy football. I just want to... Not look back and be told, well, you should have known not to do that. Damn it. And maybe it's because I come from a place where I was introduced to this football late in life. And I was just looking to engage and have fun and make some new friends. And that's all I've really gotten from this. And all I really, really enjoy about Like, that's the fun of it. The community, talking to you guys. And you guys talking to me. Like, I love the community. I wanted to give some back. So I started putting out the stuff I was collecting. Just try not make... Stupid, getting it wrong, fine, but not making stupid decisions. I've got basic stats. Um, now, I do a lot of work to turn those basic stats, even though it's just, but it's also a simple calculation. It's a percentage calculation, right? Everyone can do that. It's just buttload of boring work to get to the place where you can collect all that public information and then do a percentage calculation on it. So, like, I felt like I was giving it back. And then it's not that it's blown up. I'm not like, like, everyone listening to this is probably my friend, and we talk on a regular basis, don't get me wrong, but just in case a stranger walks in, I don't, I want to get back to, don't forget, I'm a basic bitch. I just want to know what's stupid and not stupid for me, or what what would make me stupid or not stupid, um, and then, you know, want to go have fun playing fantasy football. So, with that in mind, with that reminder, I'm starting off my post-draft stuff um from the beginning things that i know and things that i don't know um so let's just do a quick reminder and then i'm going to run through hit rates basically to tell you from the 2020 class using basically you know 90 95 percent of the story two very simple things and what we can know about players right all right um, rankings and my pre-draft board are out. I posted them on Patreon. I'm still tweaking. I have undrafted free agent. I didn't take this week to like research. I just took it off. A few things permeated my off, like um, Matt Kelly ranting about drafting QBs ahead of running backs, and that was fun because I'd said that on a few podcasts. Um, so that was fun to get uh, shot down. Uh, it wasn't talking about me, he's talking about all of us that would say that. And it was a really interesting argument, I want to talk about that a little bit. Um, he, he may well be right, but why, you know, I like quarterback, just in case you do or don't. Um, uh, a few other things permeated as well, but mostly I just took it off. Like, I still have all my post-draft research to do, but there are some things, like I said, that I really think gives us a majority of it. And after that, it's just kind of analysis in hindsight <laughs> after the fact well we should have known this we should have known that I don't know every player every class every year um, in fantasy football and real football obviously is different and so I think there's only so much we can reasonably expect it to know before we see it happen and it's fun to play that um, analysis in hindsight to try and get better in the future but you know for any other basic pitches out there like me 
Um, I think this is what we can know. Um, running back, tight end, and really quarterback are basically predicted by draft round. Now, we want outliers, and we want Tom Brady's, and we want the Gardner Minshew's, and the stuff that can help us with it. Um, and we want, you know, Kareem Hunt's, and we want Danny Woodhead's. But just on the face of it, most of that is really difficult when you're looking at a broad sample to call it predictive, as if we should know that beforehand. Now, with a wide receiver, we have a little bit of an edge in terms of production and the age at which they produce. And I've talked about age-adjusted production, but the simplest version of that is just breakout age. It works fairly well when just doing hit rates. Breakout age actually works terribly in models. I, th- I think it's like a scaling problem, 18, 19, 20 to, you know, PPR points. Like, I don't think that works out, as my simple mathematics understands. So mostly I age-adjust the metrics, and that's the best way I find to include them in models but my model is even like a basic guy uh, over here and um, my models are an attempt at modeling i think they compete but i'm not even gonna tell you i got like the models that tell you exactly what's gonna happen it's just not me guys i want to know reasonably right now what can I be expected to know so they don't have to beat myself up after it happens because you know you should really know that i mean i'm gonna listen to all those smart guys to Im- better improve my opinions from here on out but, like, I do think there are things that we can know and it would be silly slash stupid to not take into account. And it's draft round, like I said, and breakout age for wide receiver. I really think breakout age in terms of hit rates gives basically a pretty good picture of it. Now, breakout age is broken down in two different ways now. It used to just be uh, you break out when you have 20% of your college teams receiving yards and touchdowns. Rotoviz has since pushed for a 30% threshold. That's all in my database and in my hit rate lookup thing that I'm going to be referring to today. Um, So... You know, one's more predictive, but it cuts out players like Doug Baldwin, who looks worse with a 30% threshold. So it refines your sample, you get a better selection, you know, you're you're fishing in a deeper barrel of fish with a 30% threshold. But there are a few fish, they get left over in the 20% threshold bucket, that's the way I think of it. So I don't ignore it, but 30% is your best, if you want the best group to start throwing darts at, right? Anyway, so all I did is a simple calculation on the database that's publicly available, pinned to my Twitter timeline, pinned to my Patreon. Now, my post-draft boredom ranks right now are still Patreon-only because I'm tweaking, and also I try and say real, like, thanks to all those guys supporting this basic bitch out here. Um, so, you know, they're, they're getting a first look, I guess you would say. But um, my next podcast, I will talk about my ranks. And I'll produce that earlier than Saturday, even though we do a show every Saturday. And I'm going to produce a few more uh, next week. One to go over my draft board and ranks, um, at least. But uh, here I just want to talk about, you know, the basic stuff that I definitely think we can know. And then when to fade it and when to lean into it um, comes down to ranks, right? Because um, not all players are the same. This is just looking on draft round and for wide receivers also looking at breakout age. So, all right. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire is going to be an argument this season, um, and it's a good argument, but he is the most likely to have a fantasy-relevant season based on draft round. Now, what I did is I averaged out all the potential hit rate categories, so the percentage of first-round running backs that broke out into the top five since 2003. I also did 2007 just to check that you know the, the story right now that draft capital has changed drastically over the last few years. 
Um, but it's first round is still significantly higher, even if you want to take it to the last 10, last five years. First round is just much higher guarantee of having fantasy relevant season. Running backs break out into the top five 39% of the time if they're drafted in the first round, 60% of the time if they're drafted in, uh, in a top 12 season, 84% of the time a player gets at least top uh, 84, uh, top 24 season. So that's 84% of the time you get at least a fantasy relevant season, right? But remember that includes Trent Richardson. That does not include Rashad Penny yet. <laughs> um, but most of them at least have some kind of fantasy relevance. So he averages out across all those to have a 61% chance of having a fantasy relevant season. He's just clearly the most likely. Um, and that's, again, just what we can know right now that would be silly not to ignore. Um, the quarterbacks come up next from this year's draft. Burrow, um, Tua, Justin Herbert, Jordan Love. Um, all of them were drafted in the first round, and so they get a 53% average of having at least a top 24 season um, through the first uh, three years of the career. Now, again, already Herbert and Love, uh, or oh, sorry, Love at least, looks very unlikely to do that. But again, this is just using draft round. It's not taking into situation. That's where we dig into... Should we pay attention to this in this instance for this player in this draft class? And for Love, no. But, um, you know, Joe Burrow, Tua, and Herbert all got the best thing that they could get, which is first-round draft capital. And from there, it takes on player evaluation and situation. And it's also the next highest hit rate. um, And that's where we get to the quarterback uh, uh, conversation in two QB leagues. How high they should they be? They are the most likely after Clyde Edwards-Hilaire of having a fantasy relevance at all. But remember, you know, Marcus Mariota's had fantasy relevance. You know, there's a large scale of what is fantasy relevant when you're looking at a top 24 QB, right? But um, they also have a 32% chance of having a top 5 season if drafted in the first round. Uh, Again, Andy Dalton had a top 5 season. So it matters... But the draft round also matters, just talking about what's silly and not silly to ignore. Um, After that, we get uh, a couple of wide receivers. Justin Jefferson actually looks like the most likely wide receiver to actually have a fantasy-relevant season, and that's across all three categories of top 5, top 12, and top 24 season. That's adjusting by his draft round, first round, so he couldn't have got better, and also his breakout ages, and he broke out at both thresholds at at the age of 19. So he actually has the most likely chance of hitting at all levels, and... at both thresholds, Justin Jefferson looks like the most likely. Not that you have to have him at wide receiver one. I haven't told you where I've had him or where I'd draft him. It's just the most likely based only on breakout ages and draft round. C.D. Lamb comes out second. There's about a 2% difference uh, on the average of having a fantasy-relevant season, so it's not significant, but with a, both of those look significantly more likely um, than other wide receivers I'm going to talk about. After that, Cole Komet being drafted in the second round as a wide receiver, average chance of having a top 24 season. We don't want top 24 seasons, we want top 12. Uh, And his average actually drops to about 27%. Um, So tight ends draft in the second round, basically 27% of the time, they get at least a top 12 season. Um, A lot of good tight ends come from the second round, uh, much more than the first. We don't get a lot of first round tight ends anyway. Um, After that, we get some more wide receivers. Jalen Rager, Jerry Judy, Denzel Mims, um, and the Vistica Chenault. There's a significant drop-off between Judy to Mims of about 10% on the average. So Rager and Judy, um, 
almost looked like separate tier just in terms of likelihood based on breakout age and draft round. I mean, they were both drafted in the first round. You'd expect that, right? Mims and Chenault come up as the next most likely with a 25% average chance of hitting in the NFL for at least a top 24 season. Jonathan Taylor, A.J. Dillon, and J.K. Dobbins, all, and also Cam Akers and DeAndre Swift, they're all second-round running backs, and where I'm just using draft round, they all have the same percentage hit rate. Running backs drafted in the second round, on average, have a, th- a breakout for a, a fantasy-relevant season 30% of the time. 47% of the time, they have at least a top 24 season. So there is a drop-off between them and the first-round draft capital of Clyde Edwards-Hilaire of about 50%. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, about 84% of the time, first-round running backs get a top 24 season. 47% of the time, second-round running backs do it. Now, even just listening to the names, you know not all of those numbers are created equally. That's just using their draft round. So all of them should be valued significantly because of their draft capital. I just, as a like prequel to my ranks, I really I don't believe the AJ Dillon thing. I don't get it. Um, but anyway, um, after that we get some more tight ends, and we drop into the teens in terms of average probability or likelihood of having a fantasy relevant season with Chase Claypool. I guess he's a wide receiver. That's it's using his breakout age, so um, he's calculating him as a wide receiver. I, I really don't know what's going to go on with him in Pittsburgh. Um, but him and Hamler come up next. Brian Edwards actually comes up with, on an average of about 21% of the time. Uh, 21% hit rate, uh, average hit rate. But that's mostly because of his age, his 30% threshold breakout age is 21. He had 30% of his team's um, college offense at the age of 21. But he also broke out at 18 with the 20% threshold. So remember the Doug Baldwin rule. If we're using his 80% uh, or his 20% breakout dominator age, he's actually one of the more likely to have a fantasy-relevant season. Um, uh, 50% of the time, 18-year-old breakout of players with a 20% threshold have a top 24 season. I really like Brian Edwards, especially where I lean towards that 20% threshold so I can catch the Doug Baldwins, you know? After that, we get third-round running backs. They all have about a 23% average hit rate um, across the three different levels of production, Top 5, top 12, top 24. Darrington Evans is a name I think I'm going to get a lot mid-second round, just to guess. But I've already done one or two drafts, and I've gotten him at least one. The other one didn't have a second round, so that doesn't count. And then we go back to wide receivers drafted in the second round. So wide receivers drafted in the second round with higher or 19 and above breakout ages actually have a lower percent chance of hitting than third round running backs on average. That's kind of interesting to me. And so, you know, Michael Pittman, T. Higgins, and also Van Jefferson, who I'm not a big fan of, but where he's going in drafts, I I, I think he's an interesting shot based on his landing spot. He went to the Rams, right? But again, I'll get all get to all of that and join the ranks. Um, here are the two wide receivers that are probably going to make people mad, but they have a 16 and 17% chance average hit rate um, of breaking out for a fantasy-relevant season in the top 24. And that's with first-round draft capital. And that's Brandon Ayuk and Henry Ruggs. They're just... Henry Ruggs has no breakout age at either threshold. And his draft capital gives him like a 16% chance, if we average out the three levels of production, of having a fantasy-relevant season. But, you know, first-round wide receivers break out for a top-five season 20% of the time, 30% of the time, top-12... 47% of the time, Brent, um, at top 24. 
Um, all of that is better than that 16 threshold. But if we just what he did in college, which you know the conversation on Henry Ruggs by now. I don't have to go through it again right now. Um, then it drops to 16 instead of that 47. And Brandon Ayuk, same story. He has a 21 breakout age, which is basically no better than having no breakout age based you know, on the research I've done. And we have some fourth-round tight ends. Interestingly enough, they come up as the next most likely, but I think most most we can ignore them. The names that stri- stick out to me, you know, well, let's just read them. It's Harrison Bryant, Bryson Hopkins, Colby Parkinson, and uh, Albert O. Yep, not even trying it. And they average out to about an 18% hit rate based on their fourth-round draft capital. Tight ends come from later a little often. Um, then we have some interesting players like Lim Bowden, who I've got classified as a wide receiver here, but I understand he might play a multi-positional role in the NFL. Jalen Hurts, with second-round draft capital as a QB, um, comes up next with a 16% average ha- chance of having a f- top 24 season at least. Um, and from there, it just drops into the dirt, pretty much below 10%. Now, one name down here that I am in... Well, there's a few names, and we'll get to ranks of sleepers and stuff. But Joshua Kelly, remember, he's the other running back from this class, averaged 20% point per game. Um, and I find that useful for running backs. Points per game is actually something I want to investigate more. It might be something that can help us out, like breakout age helps out with wide receiver. So far, I haven't found a way of doing that. Um, and it's simple. You know, again, basic bitch stuff. Points per game. Fantasy points. Um, how productive you were and how productive in a fantasy-relevant way. Apparently, it matters for running backs. Um, production metrics, not so much. But interestingly, scoring metrics. Yeah. So Joshua Kelly. Anyway, he has like a 10% chance of hitting if we average out the top 5, top 12, 24, based on his draft round in the fourth round. But I just remember that 20 average points per game, and he's interesting to me, especially where he landed. Obviously, I love Austin Eckler. I'm really interested in Justin Jacobs, uh, Justin Jackson, sorry, on that roster as well. But Joshua Kelly is just another name to throw into that pool of later round running backs, and I think this fourth round draft capital really doesn't do him justice. Anthony McFarland, I know everyone loved him. Uh, I've started to fall out of love with him, especially as everyone else came in, but he has the same fourth-round draft capital, so the same chance. I just think both of them should probably be a little higher than some of the wide receivers like James Porsche and KJ Hill, Um, maybe. But yeah, I'm probably going to take a shot on running back for positional value. Eno Benjamin, um, pre-draft, I really liked him. He's dropped tank by that seventh-round draft capital. 7% average hit rate across all three production thresholds, and um, if we average it out across those. Um, yeah, that's not great for Inno Benjamin, but I remember that I liked him pre-draft, right? So that's going to affect my ranking of him post-draft. All right, um, if you want to see all the thresholds and also see the breakdown and the breakout ages, now I, I put the class hit rates, just a snapshot, uh, so you can look through it all in my market share database, which is pinned to my timeline on both Patreon and Twitter. It's free. Just go look and go to the class hit rate tabs and you'll see exactly what I'm looking at here. And you can expand it to see the breakout age thresholds, hit rates and stuff like that. Um, it, it's just a snapshot. Uh, and you can think of it as likely just based on those things. So things that would be silly to ignore, but we then it would also then be silly just to pay attention to this, right? Because these players are different than the, those, the sample we're using to create the hit rate. So we have to break into the situation. We have to break into the player again. Um, with respect to their new situation. But um, this is the stuff, like, if you draft... 
if you were to draft, uh, you know, uh, or to skip over Clyde Edwards Lair for some reason because you didn't like the Chiefs landings, but I know not of that is true, obviously. But then you would look back and go, wow, even the first round draft capital should have told me he was likely to break out. And that's what I mean by silly. I don't want to look back and not know at least this basic picture. Um, from there on out, we enter more narrative street, more just tropes and things that I found that are more useful. But this is essentially a snapshot of everything I know for sure gives you a better or worse chance of getting a player that's going to have fantasy relevance. From there on out, especially a basic, basic bitch like me, um, it's, it's a lot more Wild Westy. It's a lot more, you know, um, sharing my opinion um, more than giving you straight data. So I want to do that clearly up front, have that be the first thing I do post-draft. Um, again, uh, it's pinned to my timeline. I'll also include um, the link to this uh, exact sheet because I have this separated out so that it's actually an active lookup sheet. So you can put in different names and different breakout ages and it brings up uh, different hit rates if you want to compare classes. That's my idea for that sheet. Eventually, you'll be able to put in a bunch of different players and see the same uh, simple picture. Anyway, guys, thanks for checking it out. I hope this wasn't disappointing because you're expecting ranks straight up front, but I'm I'm gonna go do that. Um, and you can you can see my ranks and pre-draft, uh, pre and post-draft board now. Um, uh, already I posted that link. It's it's on Patreon. I think that's yeah. I said that's Patreon's only right now, but I'll release it uh, publicly pretty soon, just in case. Um, I, I just wanted to give my patrons a second with it before I just release it to everyone. Okay, I'm getting out of here. Thanks very much. I hope that's... Okay, I'm getting out of here. Next podcast is going to be a ranks and rookie draft board, post-draft, and what I'm doing in my drafts. I'm going to release that soon, guys. Don't worry. I know, like, it's now. I've got all my drafts going on. But it's okay. You know everything I can really value that gives you an edge. After that, it's my opinion. And really, your opinion, you know, go, go with that. <laughs> but... I'll try to help you out as much as I can. Um, And I will talk to you very soon with my ranks. Um, Until then, thanks very much for listening, and I will see you again next episode. Yeah! Bye. Chicken or crow, chicken or crow, crossing the road, go. Clicking a poll, Twitter is gold, player unfold, so. Jake on the table and Nate on the play, so. Pete enumerates the plays, they're analytical. Picking my nose, don't really know if I like that. Picking their brains, got different lanes, but I like that. Picking these guys, all of these times, all of these nice stats. Picking apart, the film is an art, always a fight back and forth. There is no order, they disorder more and more because the players ain't no older. They some hoarders or some mortars, dropping bombs without no borders. They got that, I, I like mortar. Peak grinding numbers like molars, I don't know anymore. I am at a crossroads. Chicken or crow, chicken or crow, crossing the road. Go clicking a poll, Twitter is gold, player unfold. So Jake on the table and Nate on the play. So Pete enumerates the plays, they're analytical. Chicken a crow, chicken a crow, crossing the road. Go clicking a poll, Twitter is gold, player unfold. So Jake on the table and Nate on the play. So Pete enumerates the plays, they're analytical.